and welcome to the pod. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Anna. And we're Entrepequeers. Entrepequeers. A podcast by two gay idiots navigating owning and operating their own businesses in the midst of end stage capitalism. Hello. 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 Do, 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 do. Oh man, I was trying to do our the doot doots of our um, intro, yeah. but then I feel like I kind of went into Mario. I saw it. It it was there do, for. Do, 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 do. They're not do, very. Do, 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 do. They're not very different. Which, bing bing bing. Which makes me think about like, what if we had like a entrepreneurs like sixty four bit video game? <laughs> oh wow! Oh my gosh! Did you yell at somebody inappropriate? <laughs> Did you cry in public? <laughs> one you of, one ha- of the did tasks you have to pitch us- yourself unexpectedly? <laughs> one of the tasks is uh, walking around public with tarot cards yeah. to see if you can actually find out their secrets. <laughs> and the big boss is a client that won't stop questioning your pricing. <laughs> I can find somebody else to do it cheaper. Great. I can find somebody else to do it cheaper. <laughs> Go do that then. Oh my god. All right. So we're gonna for our intro, we're gonna link it leak tarot time into the intro a little bit by talking about some of our favorite tarot archetypes to embody and like how you might not expect like I know some of mine are ones that like get a bad rap. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of my favorites is the Queen of Swords. I really feel like she has a very fun time, and she cuts through all the bullshit. Yep. And usually, it's like, I wouldn't say it's immediately after, but pretty soon after, the the fruits of the Queen of Swords come through. And I also like... The Queen of Swords, because it's very much like she has, she has the power. She makes the decision. She she's the warrior queen. Does the yes, I like that one. Um, what about you, Kayleen? Um, I tend to get Queen of Wands a lot, like a lot, a lot. That's like the card I pull for work almost all it. Like I on work days, I pretty much when I have a wedding, I will pretty much pull. The Queen of Wands, the King of Pentacles, or the Five of Wands, which <laughs> I'm just like, well, I'm going to have to yell at some people today to be quiet. Like, <laughs> uh, there's going to be a lot of disorganization with this one. Um, uh, and that is pretty much, uh, sometimes I get Two of Cups, which is always kind of sweet. Uh, but yeah, those are the ones I get the most. And yeah, so Queen of Wands, I think, is always like my my message that it's time to like um, manifest my own shit. Um, you got to like mm-hmm. step into a leadership role and just like make shit happen out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be a leader, Grandpa. That's too damn bad. Yeah, exactly. Um uh, I always, like, I really dig the High Priestess. I don't think I ever quite get there. Like, I don't think that's someone that I, like, necessarily embody, but it's someone that I strive to. Um, and then I really, the, my unpopular one is the Seven of Wands, um, which is, like, kind of like, I don't know. I pull, We need a hero. I've had two 
two year ahead readings in which the Seven of Wands was my card of the year, which I've never repeated any other for that particular positioning. Yeah. And it's always just like, this is how this it's like, it's the card for independence for me. Like it's a card that okay. it's a card that proves that you can stand on your own, and that um, at the end of the day, like when your back's against the wall, like you you have your own back, um, even when everything else kind of falls away or falls apart. Uh, the like you still have like your own like guiding inner light that can keep you moving in the right direction. So I like. The Seven of Swords uh-huh. a lot. And I feel Sneaky. like some people Sneaky. hate it. I always feel like it just means I need to be strategic in my business. Yeah. Because I honestly, uh, shady people don't last raw, last a long time in my camp. Right. So um, I never really like see it and I'm like, ooh, somebody is trying to backstab me. It's just more of like I'm the trickster you know what am i doing what am i getting up to yeah no i'm always just Um, like ooh, who's sneaking around who's got secrets Ooh, i don't really think it's like a malicious thing i'm just like ooh. yeah i know that's what you always say you always say sneaky sneaky. yeah it's it's like it's like a very mischievous card to me yeah i think it's fun um some popular cards that people like that i just absolutely do not um strength that is You're like ah oh, fuck. What do I need to be strong for? Oh, it's literally no. one of my fa- least favorite in the deck because it's just like, have we thought about being strong? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, uh, no, Tarot. Actually, I sure didn't. I thought about being weak. Yeah, thank you. I would really love uh, to just lay down. Thank you. Yeah. And then. Um, I also don't really like the star card that much. The star doesn't really um, give me much. Like, yeah, the star card shows like, up for me after people have died. Like, <laughs> not great. That's how I feel. It's like, it's well, just like the tower the fell, but there's a star in the sky. <laughs> best I can do is a star. The best I can do is a star. Um, I also know you hate temperance. No, 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 I don't anymore. Okay, for a long time, you really got frustrated anytime Temperance entered the chat. Yeah, that's... Um, that's an Aries trait right there. Well, I really came to terms with her. I did this whole, like, ritual and went on my pilgrimage to Florida. And, <laughs> and I... Now I actually really love Temperance. Great. I think it's, like, very beautiful and, like, divine timing. And it's just, like... I don't know. It's less of like a do thing and a more of just a be thing, yeah, I which I um, definitely appreciate. I think there's an alchemical nature to the to the temperance card where it's mm-hmm. about like letting things be transformed in their own time. Yeah. And because I also feel like it gets this rap of like patience, but patience is just such like a uh, like, I don't know, passive word yeah. you know what I mean like what the fuck is patience like be patient I feel like it's just like to me when I hear patience it's like what well, have you thought about lying down and taking it in the face with your you know yeah. like without doing anything but I think it's less of that and I think patience maybe I don't like it because of like the the capitalistic um world that we live in where it's just like wait and it's just like uh but we're supposed to do all the time yeah maybe but it's really more about it's just like flow yeah be, yeah or like being present i think that's like a better way to think about it or just fucking relax 
maybe if we just talk told patients just chill the fuck out instead of like be patient yeah um that's definitely how i like to to think about it i don't like the empress she pregnant she pregnant um i just don't i don't know i feel like that's like just a very stereotypical femininity card that i don't where i just like equates femininity with fertility and in a way that i just like don't love yeah yeah i know because i feel like my femininity is probably more of like queen like i feel so empowered by like the queen of swords right um but it's like yeah the empress it's just like um i feel like it's definitely like a receiving thing and maybe like it was better for when tarot like people played it you know when it was like created yeah it's but i just feel like now i don't it's very I don't yeah know. it's very like stereotypical dated uh interpretations of femininity and it's a very mm-hmm. popular card it's a card that like i feel like most female tarot readers i know really enjoy and identify with um but it ain't for me yeah i so i do like weeks ahead for my tarot and i'm actually at the end of my terrible run of uh listeners i don't know eight of swords eight of cups then i'm in my eight of swords week again yeah but next week is king of cups and the empress and like what the fuck is that am i just gonna get pregnant like come on like like, it sounds like like fertile ground to me maybe a trap hey baby you need that cup filled (laughs) i you know what i'm on my period right now so i will be ovulating next week so great great Great. Track your cycles if you got them. Yeah, whenever um, the empress shows up, you better keep track of keep track uh, of your fertility. I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, hopefully. Also, some other cards. Um, honorable mention because I feel like I've said like the ones I don't really like a ton. Maybe ones that I should like more. I don't love the pentacle suit that much. I think it's kind of boring to me. Like seven of pentacles is just like tell me nothing. And I know some people are like oh it's great you know you're working towards your dreams and I'm just like I'm a wands kind of girl. Um, I'm like give me a wands and I think I'm a cup girly too and I... I hate to admit it. I probably fuck with the swords more than I should. <laughs> um, you want to know the card I like that I think has the worst rap? Huh. The, ten, the ten of swords. Oh, I love that I card. love that card, man. N- it's clean. Yeah. That card is clean. Nothing tells you, like, oh, I have no loose ends to resolve, like, pulling the ten of swords. Mm-hmm. I had a, a reading that I got done right after a really big breakup, and I got... And she pulled uh, the Tower, Ten of Swords, and Death, one right after the other. And, Whoa. And it was, like, the biggest sense of relief and, like, pressure off my shoulders that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. We both just went, uh. Like, it was, like, a moment <laughs> where we were, like, really into it. Um, yeah. So, and it was, yeah, she was a really interesting reader in that her default reading was she did a card for every house of the Zodiac. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Um, so, and those all fell in like the relationshipy kind of uh, lifestyle houses. So, it was. I kind of want to try that. That's pretty. It was great. It was a really. It was. It was a really awesome uh, format. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
Because also the thing with the 10, a 10 is a 10. Yeah. A win is a win. A win is a, a win. A win is a win. You're like, you know what? Yeah, guess what? You are, yeah, you are faced out of the dirt. Those swords are, you can, you can die and then get back up however you want. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you are free to walk it's away. Over. It's done. The battle is yeah. done. Um, yeah. All right. So shall we hop into Tarot Yeah, time? let's go for it. Theodore. So we're coming off a of two of cups, right? Yeah. Fuck boy energy. <laughs> you think so? You just said you pulled no, it from Reddings ju- all I, the time. I think this particular deck has like the the art is like oh those these are two little fuck boys. <laughs> I think it's a oh sweet. I do think two of cups is sweet, but I just think that the little pages in this one have fuck boy haircuts. Uh yeah, they do. All right, well, this is my birthday week. Yeah, Caitlin's birthday is Uh tomorrow. Or yesterday, if you're listening to this one. Oh, yeah. Wow. The moon. Oh, that's That's, her card. Because she's a cancer. The chariot is really my card, but this is, I am, cancers are moon babies. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if we've ever pulled the moon on the podcast before. Yeah, this is one that I feel like nobody knows what it really means. I think it usually, the moon usually represents doing shadow work. So, may not be like... Yeah, that's um, kind of... Maybe that's true for you on your birthday week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've... Readers, Anna's talked about her rough cards. Uh, For this week, I've pulled Judgment... And then from my alchemy <laughs> cards, uh, dissolution. I keep pulling that one. So this is just like I guess I'm going to have a birthday existential crisis this this year. I usually have pretty good. I think we should bring I them back. I usually have good birthdays. Uh, so interested to see uh, how I spiral this week. Do we want good or do we want growth, ah. Kayleen? Well, looks like you don't pick. Best I got is crisis. <laughs> Best I got is the, di- the dissolution of self. Uh, yeah, the moon shows up. I think the moon is all, is about like shining light on scary things. I think it can represent like wild, like feral sides. Uh, what lurks in the forest? Like usually the 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 moon is like forest imagery, and there's like a wolf or a dog howling at the moon. So like your wild side, your feral side. This one's got an owl, which uh, shows up to Anna and I. As, mm. as messages sometimes psychic um and yeah it's about shadow work because shadow work is really about like acknowledging the scary things in the shadows of yourself uh and and knowing that if you bring those things out into the open and into the light and acknowledge them face to face like they have less power over you uh Whereas uh, if you let things like continue to lurk in the shadows, they continue to just be like scary unknowns. Uh, so, yeah, that's usually how I, I feel like how that moon. shows up for me is like if I don't advocate for myself from the get go and I just let shit pass and I'm like, it's OK, it's, it builds and I blow up. Like I'll yeah. like my temper will come out and it'll just be kind of messy. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, um, yeah, it's interesting. That's, yeah, that's how it goes. You got to process your shit in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Or else, or, or deal with the, or deal with the aftermath Mm -hmm. of the explosion. Yeah. Imploded, you said? I said it, explode, implosion or explosion? I don't know what I said. (laughs) Bye, hi. 
heart <laughs> really upset that the billionaires uh, got a quick swift death uh, was really I loving know. the lore but yeah. that's very moon energy I feel like typical <laughs> yeah um, I feel like more people though walked away from this being afraid of the ocean which is probably a good thing <laughs> yeah, honestly, the ocean, after living by it for, like, a year, I, I would just float on my back. I did not want my feet to be touch the ground. Like, I was just always kind of nervous. Powerful. Yeah, the moon, the ocean. I don't know. I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I really think, yeah, like, the ocean and deep space, There's it's, like, the same thing. I, I don't know how, but... Well, there's um, something. we know more. We know more about the surface of Mars than we do about our own oceans. Yeah, like it's just there's a really cool thing that that was popularized during the whole like Titanic submersible mess that this guy put together. That's like scroll to the bottom of the ocean, um, and it's uh, fun and scary, uh, where you get to see like what creatures live at what depths and like the furthest humans have ever been able to explore and the history of what's like, the furthest traveling they've gotten in submersibles they've gotten down to the bottom the bottom the bottom yeah the challenger deep i think is what it's called james cameron's explored the marianas trench which is pretty far down james <laughs> the tiktok comments yeah, I are think- so funny it's a shame that you weren't on tiktok because it was I literally know. such a great time because they were like they were like they went into James Cameron's t- ocean without a permit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was like, "Oh, Anna will be happy. James Cameron's really having a hell of a week." Like everybody, I feel like everybody collectively realized that he like what a badass he is outside of being a filmmaker. Yeah. Well, um, when he was we just were like just casually about him on the last episode when, about the I know, whales. When he was just when he was just casually like, yeah, I've spent more time with the wreckage of the Titanic than the captain of the Titanic spent on the Titanic. And I was like, okay, dude, flex. You know, I have heard that he is kind in person. Um, yeah, I mean, he he made Titanic so that he could explore the wreckage. Oh, really? Like, so that he could get funding from Fox or whoever it was that... He was, yeah, he was like, he, he, that was like the main impetus. He's been obsessed with the Titanic. I mean, I feel um, like I've talked about time. James Cameron a lot on the podcast, and I feel like I'm a James Cameron apologist um, because, like, I don't really like Avatar, but man, the Terminator movies were real important to me growing I up. I really like Titanic, especially too. Terminator. And too. he was also, and Titanic is a yeah. truck driver at the beginning to fund his first feature. Like, he drove trucks yeah. for a year. Like, not a lot of people can say that, you know? And also, yeah. he's Canadian. So, he's just automatically better than us. Um, it's true. So, all of our Canadian listeners, just know, you're American brothers. We respect we, you, yeah. and we know that you are a lot better than us. And you would yeah. never say people it because you're way too of- kind. You are way, yeah. way, way better than us. It's true. We can try as hard as we like, and we'll never, we'll never get there on. No, our we'll own. never have the social graces or like just simple consideration. Or the u- we are born or the universal healthcare. Rats. Like, <laughs> yeah, or or yeah, or the or the excellent healthcare. <laughs> Love that for you, Canada. Um, may you thrive in climate change with the warmer weathers. Um, all right, shall we hop into the main dish? Um. 
set the table. We are serving the main dish. This Let's one go. we were supposed to do as our season opener because uh, we we're really excited about it, but we kind of derailed that with even more excitement. But we're back on the business yeah. train because that's what we're here for uh, here at Entrepreneur Queers. So I'm going to let Kayleen introduce this one because this is her idea. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, sales and taking the ick out of sales. I think um, a lot of us, I mean, here, what's, here's the deal. Like, as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. it's our job to sell ourselves. Um, but it's probably the thing that I think people are the most uncomfortable about, especially women. Uh, because we are, like, conditioned to be humble about what we do and... And also we are conditioned to not come Mm -hmm. off as quote unquote pushy. Um, And the ways in which we limit ourselves by not fully leaning into. Or like what we actually want to do too. I think that's like another point of it. Yeah. 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 Cause like this was, so I was kind of inspired by friend of the pod, Eden Strader, who's just got, fucking excellent yeah. social media excellent website just like her design instincts are just so solid and her she her messaging is just like very clear um, but she posted something that was just like how are your dream clients gonna know what you're that they can work with you if you don't tell them exactly if you don't tell them what you want to be doing um so yeah, I think if we can, I want to talk a little bit about how we, how we have kind of like our journey with like being comfortable with selling and pitching, um, has come along and, uh, and if we, you know, any hangups we've had or, and how we've gotten over them and also just like really hammer at home that like, um, you gotta like shout from the mm-hmm. rooftops, the shit that you want to do. Uh, no one's gonna, no one's gonna come up to you with anything on a silver platter, out of nowhere. At least not out of nowhere. Uh, you can really mm-hmm. gotta put it out into the universe. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's like return. a lot of different things going on. You know, with this like conversation, there's like another quote that I think about if I'm feeling like shy about being salesy. Is this is somebody I would like to have on the podcast, Kinsey Madsen? She is. Like, I don't know, this very Leo fucking business coach, super out there. Um, but she says something, I think it was in, like, one of the courses I got from her, where it's just, like, you need to be prepared to scream about what you're doing for, like, a year. And, like, because that sometimes that's yeah. how much time it will take. And it's also, like, you need to take up space and scream can look so many different ways. Um, it can, but it just like energetically, it needs to be there. And then also physically too, whether it's talking about it on social media or collaborating with people or pitching yourself, like people need to know that you're, ex- that you exist and what you do. I also saw this list the other day and it was just like how to get clients. And one side was like, they come to you and the other side was you come to them. And that's also very very important like yeah. you're, you're gonna have to do one or the other and I think we also don't have a lot of people talking about 
um, you coming to them because sometimes you can develop yourself into such like a bizarre pattern that like you need to go find these people with money. You need to go find these James Camerons or whatever. Yeah. And, and Mm -hmm. cold calling is fucking scary. Like, (laughs) uh, it feels very vulnerable and it also feels like you're gonna, like Mm -hmm. there's, there might be no return. Like a lot of people, I feel like especially now in like the social media space, it gets skipped a lot and it's just like, just develop your social presence. But like, I've sent emails and been so surprised by the response or I I have like a lot of friends that have like gone to conferences and handed out their business cards or like figured out like who the contact is, who to talk to people. Um, but I think before we even get into that, I'd like to touch on like the bravery of actually creating something that you're excited to sell because I think that – yeah. A lot of times it can be easy to get hung up with like practical and like what makes sense and like what actually is going to sell. But again, with this submarine, uh, what an excellent example that practical doesn't matter. Um, What was practical just doesn't exist anymore. We don't have the job security. We don't have the benefits. We don't have the cost of living affordability that we even had 10 years ago. So I encourage you, if you haven't already, to really step out of that practical mindset and step into like what would excite you? What would what what could you do that you could feel confident about talking about nonstop for one year? Yeah, what gives you exactly what what gives you what energizes you about what you do Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to drains you? Um, because yeah, if you're doing something that's continually draining your energy, you're not going to have the, you're not going to have mm-hmm. the chutzpah to sell yourself very well after a while. Um, and people can tell, people can tell like what you're mm-hmm. excited and passionate about what you do. Um, and like that, yeah, that definitely like communicates and yeah, you know, you don't need to be. We say this all the time, but you don't need to be, like, where mm-hmm. you want to be in order to start. You can start messy. You can start as a beginner. You can uh, figure it out as you go. Uh, mm-hmm. People don't need to know that. Um, there is – yeah, I I had a really good time. I went to Malibu last week uh, and did a retreat uh, and – met some of the people that uh, we're working with in California. And one of the girls has started this really cool um, uh, hospitality service where she, uh, she saw kind of a gap uh, because she, she's a bar, she's like a career bartender and hospitality person. Um, And she, uh, uh, it's very hard uh, to get, liquor licenses pretty much anywhere but especially in california like it's very like prohibitively expensive um and so uh it literally wasn't in her purview to be able to get like a mobile bartending license so instead what she decided to do she's created a staffing company for bartenders that also has a bar an Mm. event bar consultation service so she will work with a client and help them create a menu and a shopping list and like 
inventory and all that. She provides the equipment. She provides the bartenders. She provides the expertise and they provide the alcohol. And then, which is like, as someone who works at events is such a huge need. Um, Cause there are people who offer like the full package or they offer staffing and then um, clients uh, want to go for the cheaper option. But then as their event approaches, they're like, what the fuck do I get? And often it's like not the right stuff or not enough or um, so I was like, that's a really great um, service you're providing. Like, it's really that's like a very clear pain point um, that like I, I feel like it's very valuable. Um, and she said the thing that like kick, like really kicked her off and made her like lit a fire under her to like get this started was working an event as a server and seeing like a it was at Paris Hilton's house. And seeing a bartender, a bar, a, a mobile bar service and bartender mm. that was an absolute shit show, um, and was like terrible. And she's like, if this Literally. bitch can get into Paris, Hilton's well, a lot of house, people have been able to. Oh, um, what the hell is stopping me? <laughs> well, not, but yeah, she. I mean, this is someone who like apparently is like she kept bragging about how, you know, Paris and her husband are like family, and they always, you know, like she's like. She works regularly with Paris Hilton, and everyone on the service end thought mm-hmm. that she was a fucking nightmare. Um, so she's like, "What's stopping me from starting this business?" Um, yeah, I'd like also like to talk succeed. about um, um, how many bad entrepreneurs do so well. <laughs> right, your imposter syndrome will go away in a moment until you, until your submersible literally implodes, you're and then doing, he's dead. That guy he doesn't was doing even fine. have to deal with it. <laughs> Like, um, right. Go out in such a blaze of glory. That it's you don't it's have what to we talk about, the magic of end stage capitalism. Um, because why not? Yeah. And also, uh, so I wonder for this like mobile bartender, if she, I would guess, you know, like how would, did, did you ask like how she got her first clients? Did she cold call? Did she pitch herself to event companies? I didn't, we didn't. Yeah. Uh, she's working with us as one of our bar partners now. Um, so, yeah, I think part of it was that, like, she like she was working for us as a server at this event and we weren't doing the bar at Paris's house. Uh, and so she sat down with, like, Barry Schwartz, friend of the pod, uh, and got a lot of, like, uh, I think, motivation from her as well as, like, mm-hmm. was like, yeah, we'll work with you. We'll use you. Um, we can help pitch you to clients. So I think it's also about like, it's not just about who you like clients, but it's Mm -hmm. also about who you can ally yourself with. I was just talking to somebody yesterday who like is feeling pretty stuck and wants to branch out and do more stuff on their own. And like, is feeling kind of like stuck and not, and I was like, Mm -hmm. talk to people who are doing what you do, what you want to do. Like, and like, that's like the number one thing. If, if, if you don't, I guarantee you don't yeah. have to figure out the path yourself. I like you when don't I first started, like when the business started rolling, and I was like, "Oh, this is like full time." Okay, um, honestly, I hate to admit how no, I don't hate to admit it, but this is honest. Like how much Gary V played a part in my come up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he was talking about like just like DMing people on Instagram and meeting up for coffee. And I did. And I met up with people who are doing yeah. really fucking good now. Like, really good. Like, I mean, this was maybe, like, five or six years when I met with them. And they're professional. You know what I mean? Like, they are doing really well. And they told me stuff 
to get me started and that, you know, they gave me the next step. So I think it's really, especially for like what I do with like freelance stuff, the more people you can talk to and most people, um, if you're personable and you're chill, they're not going to like gatekeep a bunch of stuff from you. I don't think, especially in like, like where I'm at in like Denver and maybe like, maybe LA people like, I think the comp, the competitiveness of the market has really changed after COVID because people left their industries and people just aren't working the same anymore. And I think people are just like more interested in having somebody that they could like, like have some sort of camaraderie with um especially in like oh yeah like i know i know in la on the events end of things like there's so much going on all the time that like there really is no sense of like animosity competition between vendors it's like how can we Mm -hmm. make sure that all these events get serviced so like you get a lot of people like our very first wedding that we did in LA that we were able to sign on, like our first, like our launch was because, um, we knew a chef who, um, had designed a menu for some clients, but couldn't execute it. Like he wasn't available that day to execute it. So we sourced the people who could do it. And we just, he like mm-hmm. called us and would say, can you take this? So it really is about like who you will, who you align yourself with, who your business allies are, who like what kind of networking and connections you can do because like sometimes it's sometimes it, you get you get like leads through that that like turn into totally you could like never And imagine. I also like kind of going back to the like the bravery or whatever of like putting yourself out there. Like think about your idea and then think about like maybe make a list of places that you could see said idea um like you know for me for example if I wanted to teach like a dance workshop it's like okay I could do that but then like how do I package that to people that could afford it that it could actually be like a a living wage and and you know maybe it's corporate retreats maybe it's like these different wellness da 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 but you have to start thinking like that it's like okay I could do this you could think about it in like different tiers as well it's like I could do this this is like the lowest amount this is the medium amount and this is like the fuck you amount because whatever you do has those different branches I guarantee it like there's a fuck you amount for everything this is the end (laughs) it's really important to like to really dial in on to like who your dream client is and what their life looks like and what their like demographics are and then as soon as you sort figure that out you need to everything you like put out into the world needs to be mm-hmm. like you're talking directly to them because mm-hmm. then it'll find them like that messaging will find the people that it resonates with i would also say like i think a lot of things that hold a lot of times what holds people back from selling themselves is a fear of rejection and i think that the best way to combat mm-hmm. that is just like immersion therapy <laughs> Uh, there, I forget the name of this book, but like, there's a very simple like personal development sales book uh, that is literally just like the the whole thing. It's like like probably less than a hundred pages, and the whole thing is like just uh, set a goal right. to get like a hundred no's. If you consider like a no a win, 
great. Um, and you'll have you have no idea how many yeses yeah. you can stumble upon. And I also while feel you, of like, like aim the nose. You don't know what could be a no yeah or somebody will think of you later. Um, and then when you change your product suite right. into something that like you're excited about, that's what people will then remember you for. So if you launch something and nobody buys anything, that's okay. People are now seeing like, oh, this is what this is what Anna's doing, right? Like this is the direction. Like it's almost kind of like training your audience as well. Um, or like if you send out an email to your clients and you're like, hey, I'm offering this service. If this is something that you're interested in, um, people start thinking of you like that now. And then even if it's not a yes now, it can be a yes later. Um, because you yeah. are the magician. And I feel like that is one of the most... We didn't really talk about that card, but that card is it is really the alchemist yeah. of making things happen. Yeah, it's the power of, of manifesting. It's about knowing that you have all the tools innately inside mm-hmm. of you to transform and that thing into something. Like it's probably the most I think it might be the most powerful. Yeah, like, I think so. And it's also deck. like you the way things are changing so quickly, and this is like what we you know, I would say is like a core belief of our podcast, creating with your intuition also. It's just such a powerful tool that you cannot buy. You cannot go to school for it. It is something that you put the work into yourself and develop. And that's that. Like you're, when you create with your intuition or something that lights you up and it feels good, then you're able to take that and and maybe it doesn't make sense at first, but then you're just like, holy shit, like I might be onto something, you know? And and you can right. co-create with your subconscious in a way that like, you know, yeah. being like, I want to do this, this, and this because it makes sense. But then, oh, oh my God, yeah. climate change AI, what the fuck? Like I, I think the most rational thing we can do right now is like use our intuition and maybe that is sounds you know like a a bit paradoxical but yeah i mean i think it's where we're at yeah i mean that yeah you gotta literally we don't like what else um i think also on a practical level like um one of the things that really helped me when i first uh got started was um templating and automating things it becomes a lot less uh daunting of a task to send a cold message to someone if you don't have to create it from scratch every time um so if you can create like scripts for yourself um that like still sound natural and you can like customize here and there like that really really uh makes a huge difference in saving like your time and energy when it's just a matter of like copying and pasting something rather than um, trying to like craft an original pitch. Every I feel time like I have. I try to like talk about something personal, um, and then also vary on like how big the company is. You know, if it's like a big company, it's like, hey, I'm here. I do this, putting my name right. in the. You know, like think about me. If it's small, you can be like, be like, this is X, Y, and Z, and then also. If you're later on in your career and this isn't like cold, you're not starting from scratch, like sending a link or an example of like, I've done this for 
this, um, that can also be really helpful. Yeah, a port a portfolio or a sizzle reel or um, a press mm-hmm. page on your website, like something like that, is mm-hmm. really like let your work speak for itself. Yeah, I agree. Um, I got a bro book. Re- bro book reviews. I read a bro book every week, so you don't have to. Um, this right, one I feel like we've heard a lot about, or I don't know if you have. It's um, the Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley and William D. Danko, both PhDs, and honestly, both sounds like very rich names. Um, and this was written. I found this. Yeah. Um, first published October twenty eighth, nineteen ninety five. I thought this was going to be one from like the sixties. Well, maybe not. It's a lot of, like, stock market stuff in general. Um, And I feel like this book, basically the the premise of it is, like, be frugal, like, live way below your means and and save. Um, Which, yeah, I guess could make you a millionaire. But I also feel like the world has changed so much in the past, like, almost 20 years since this was written. And I think that this is also... This is kind of like branching off of like a book review and more into like a tangent. But I think that's why we see so many online coaches and like courses and stuff because like the game has just changed so much. And these books did not really account for um, people not being able to buy insurance for their homes, for example, or um, eggs being $7 because it feels like it and just us having like kind of like critical food shortages and us having to live through this stuff. So I think a lot of things that these like online courses and like a lot of like the social media game is and business game is focusing on is instead of like saving every penny and instead like making an uncomfortable amount of money um, that, you know, yeah, you're just not used to thinking about or asking for or stuff like that. So this is like the other side of the coin. This is like being frugal and... I kind of like frugality, personally. I like the monasticism of it. We've talked about this before, of just, like, not wanting or needing to consume a lot. Um, and I think it's, like, an important skill to have, especially in in your financial journey and also in, like, your fucking dopamine journey. Because um, this is, yeah, like just talking about how you can do everything for less um and like and save and invest all you can i y'all know how i feel about investing i think it's a scam i don't think that we're ever gonna live to see the cash out but i know that's a hot take but also like you think the boomers weren't gonna tell us like we're poor because we're not investing like i think the other shoe's about to drop on that one but that's if you invest whatever that's your business I personally just, I don't know. I look at the climate charts and I'm like, I, I'm not sure about that. Um, so hmm. I think I, I I wouldn't say like read this. It's, it's very boring. It's very dull. It's a lot of like lists and it's a lot of like, I don't know, like number graphs too. It's just kind of like blah. Um, but I guess if you are in like a money saving journey, um, 
it could be useful for that because it can be a fun hyper fixation to have of like extreme budgeting and you know creative cooking yeah. and seeing how much you can slice and dice um but i also feel like we're in a world where because i feel like a lot of times these like finance books don't talk about like people's mental health hanging on by a thread um and that's why they spend and i think a lot of times it's more of that of like people mentally needing to comfort themselves with like fucking takeout versus like oh yeah mm -hmm. it's it's a soothing mechanism it's like how people self-soothe like you really got to consciously like deprogram yourself from it i go mm -hmm. back and forth on it all the time like i'll be like really disciplined about uh about that and then like i'll get overwhelmed and it's like the easiest thing to yeah fall back and i on. just feel just like, like you know it's like a lot of nuance yeah. that these like conversations just uh miss out on but it can be you know yeah. empowering once you start to squirrel some money away and see that you can do it um because at the end of the day we're gonna need money until the end it's not who knows when the end is but yeah. it's gonna be we are definitely gonna need money yeah. so um the book that i was referencing earlier i mm. figured out it's called go for no yeah so yeah also definitely definitely a bro book <laughs> but uh, definitely a foundation. Well, and it's just such like a when you do sure. have a business, because that's another thing. Like sometimes you spend money and it's you're like, I don't know if this is gonna be worth it. I might be wasting some a few thousand dollars, you know. Um, and then you're like mentally expanding yourself, and you kind of do want to self soothe, but then you're just like, oh, God. like it's it's why people say that it's hard, and I am never gonna be one that's like business is easy. Um, because it's nuanced, right? Like, and it, I will say, like, yeah, easy or hard, it takes a lot of fortitude. And it takes um, a lot of conviction. And it takes a lot of, like, action-oriented. And on it, you kind of do have to disregard your emotions sometimes. Because they just, they're just, like, not going to serve yeah. you. And quite frankly, maybe not make a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, that's what I yeah. have. Do you want to give us your plugs and tell us what's going on, Kayleen? Yeah, um, hit me up, uh, Candles Unincorporated, for a summer candle launch coming soon. Um, and then Swamp Witch on Instagram for um, um, personal stuff. Is that it? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the rest. We have yeah, a retreat coming up, so we'll for it. probably have some more details for that. Um coming next week on the podcast probably um maybe the week after and then if you want to find out what i'm up to go to the fake dot guru at tiktok and instagram uh look out for our newsletter and leave us a review please on apple and visit us yeah. on instagram yeah. at entrepreneurs.podcast have a gay day. Incredible. Beautiful.